0: Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in.
1: Welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and I am today joined by a fan favorite of the podcast, someone who has been on and everyone is crazy about her episode. I get comments about it all the time how it is one of their favorites and she's also one of my favorites Dr. Natalia Molina.
2: Allison I'm so happy to be back thanks for having me.
1: I am thrilled you are here and everyone this is a long-awaited episode because people have been so excited about the fact that we are going to recap the book Jackie and Me by Louis Bayard. Is Bayard right or is, is that how you've been pronouncing it? Yes. (laughs) I don't know if it's right, but that's how I pronounce it. Okay, good. Uh, But we read this and kind of did it book club style through my Instagram. If you don't follow it already, you should at Kennedy Dynasty. But um, we did like a book club and I've announced it multiple times on the podcast. And so many people joined in to read this along with us. So I am so excited to chat about this. I just finished it last night and I have so many thoughts. What about you?
2: I loved it um and i have so many questions for you i think a lot of people want to know is this true is this not true and i you know even more than that i just want to know could it be true so i've been dying
1: to ask you questions about this book exact same with you actually but i love historical fiction but i struggle with it a little bit because there are so many things that obviously are not true in them i really loved this book i thought it was a really fun read and kind of an escape from like the constant Kennedy history book type books that I read, you know? So it's fun to imagine a different kind of world. And for anybody that doesn't know, this book is about basically Lynn Billings, who is Jack Kennedy's best friend and was in real life, developing a really, really, really close friendship with Jackie Kennedy in the early years, even before when she was still a Bouvier, into becoming a Kennedy and him kind of trying to balance the relationship with Jack and what he knows about him, along with trying to (laughs) keep Jackie within the Kennedy fold, but then appreciates her and wants to protect her. And it's kind of a cluster in that way. (laughs) So this is one of my favorite historical fictions I've read about the Kennedys by far. And I feel like there are a lot of accuracies to it, especially historically, like the Bobby and Ethel dinner, how they met there and went and the way that Jackie's treated by certain people, but I do think there's a lot of liberties on the personalities as well. And that was a little interesting for me to have to understand, okay, this is not real. This is not real. For me, one of mine, I don't feel like Jack was as hateful as he came across in the book. I felt like he just had a terrible attitude towards Lim in the book. what do you think about that?
2: Um, well, one, what I liked about your summary, Allison, is that, it really showed the tightrope that his best friend Lem is trying to walk Mm -hmm. because he's, he's not just Jack's best friend, but it's like Jack's, uh, a window into a different world. Right. Um, right. And one might think, oh, well, of course the Kennedys who has, you know, who has a friend like the Kennedys and a family like the Kennedys. So that's the different world. That's the different world. But the other part is that Lem is a closeted gay man and Jack knows, but it's not something that they discuss. The Kennedys seem to know, but it's not something they discuss, and yet they bring him into the fold. So he feels mm-hmm. really accepted by them, um, and yet they're not really his family, and he performs duties for them, right? He's the one that helps Jack out of binds. He's the one that is the person who goes out and handles Jack's women's for him and you know all those kinds of things so mm-hmm. um, it's that kind of insider outsider status and it's a really nice parallel to Jackie uh, who's also both you know we only think of her as an insider as stylish and first lady but we get to see her before she's that and we also see mm-hmm. that she's an outsider so I act- I guess I'm saying all that also because I'm curious when you say that Jack uh, comes off that you didn't think Jack was as hateful. Can you give me some examples? Cause that's actually not the word that I, I have an idea of what you're talking about. Like the way he kind of disregards Jackie and and certain things, or or even towards Mm -hmm. when their relationship changes. But um, I want to make sure I know what what you're thinking of because that's not
1: what I had in mind. Sure. Okay. Hateful. In, and also that's a very normal Southern term. It doesn't hateful to the rest of the world. I feel like is like a really deep word to us. It's like, quit being so hateful. <laughs> so it's like a different, I guess hateful was the wrong word to use. I think he was just kind of dismissive or picked on him a little extra than I would expect that they really did in real life. Um, Just like, it seemed like every single time Jack was speaking to him, like it was, he was endearing to him. Like when he sp- talks about, How he took care of him when he was sick and he like held the rag on his head, all those kinds of things. But a lot of the communication between them in the book, I don't know, it just seemed like every single time Jack spoke with him, there was something kind of borderline rude that he said that was picking on him. I don't know. Am I wrong in that way?
2: Yeah, no. Well, one, I love already that we've gotten into Southern culture as well. So a little bonus.
1: I will literally say to my husband who says like, go over there and get that. I'll be like, well, quit being hateful. Like it's not, but hateful technically is a much harsher word than it. I intend it to be. I
2: understand. Um, I think what comes across for me in the book is that Jack Kennedy, not just for his best friend, Lem, but even within his family, is kind of the chosen one. Um, you also have a sense of, I mean, if I'm going to use the word hateful, I'd say more with Joe Joe Kennedy. That for Joe Kennedy, he's the cho- not so much the chosen one as the one that's left, you know, because totally. his son has died. So he's the one that he's the horse they're all betting on, and they're all going to turn their life inside out for him. So it's not just Lem who uh, there's a power dynamic there because one Lem is is a closeted gay man. But he's even before we get to that, because they become friends in high school at Cho, Lem doesn't have money. And Lem says at the beginning, you know, it's not even so much that Jack didn't take into account that I didn't have money. It's like he didn't even realize it. So he would say, like, meet me in the city or let's go out to dinner and not realizing I didn't even have money for the dinner. I didn't even have money. I, I couldn't I didn't even have the clothing. So there's just a kind of obliviousness to JFK that comes with being JFK. And it's not just with a friend that there's a power imbalance. It comes out really really quickly and early on how much Bobby is his fixer. And so that was really interesting to me to think of like Bobby as then being his attorney general, but even earlier in life when, you know, um, Jackie's not inside the reception at the wedding, it's Bobby, not Jack that goes looking for her.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. And I do think, I I do think instances like that are pretty spot on probably between the reality versus this book, you know? Um, we, I mean, we know that, as you just said, how Bobby was the one that kind of chased after her, took, took care of her after, um, her first, I think, I believe it was her miscarriage or maybe the stillbirth. One or the other. Bobby was the one that was there. And in the book, it's actually Lim, but I think in real life, it was actually Bobby. So, so there are definitely instances where that is a true Jack in every way. And I totally agree with what you said about Joe Sr. in this book. He came across as just a tyrant. Like, was like really brutal in my opinion. I think that, in real life um it seems like jackie actually really loved joe senior and like really had a soft spot for him and it seems that in real life although he was a really tough parent i think that the entire family really did have a deep love and respect and caring um side for their father more than him just being you know a dictator over them
2: you know i'm not a kennedy file the way that you are but i'm a historian and so i know the period well, um, I've read a fair amount about the Kennedys, and a, a long time ago, even before we started talking, I read the Joe Kennedy biography. And even with all that, this book, it, with its limited scenes of the Kennedy family as a clan, really gets across what, what the author calls the tribal culture of the Kennedys. And so you can also see that it's, it's less of a question about whether the parents are good or bad, um, it's more of a question of the kind of culture that they create. You know, because as kids, you don't know whether your family's normal or not normal. You just know that it's your family. And there is definitely a culture to that family from the expectations they set, from you know, the kinds of conversations that they were expected to have around the dinner table. And in this book, and I don't know if this is quote unquote true, but it it seems in keeping with the family that, even their like vacation home, right? It was uh, whoever got there, got whatever room was set up. So it's like, you didn't even have your room. You were kind Mm -hmm. of interchangeable as kids uh, when they play sports, that if someone gets hurt, everybody just kind of laughs at them. And that part of their family stories are about, Hey, remember when so-and-so got hurt. Remember when Lem came over and got burnt by the shower and had third degree burns and had to go to the hospital. And it's just this kind of, um, it's a very difficult culture to break into. And that's the other role that Lem plays, which is also why it couldn't have been a family member that was the one that was the bridge for Jackie, right? It couldn't have been Bobby that Mm -hmm. was Jackie, because you needed someone who was also an outsider to be able to see the family as Jackie did and be able to kind of translate them for her.
1: Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I do think the author, as far as the tribal sense of the family, he did a good job of pulling in historical accuracies as far as saying, um, Jack even quoted, when he was talking at some point about Uh, Rose and how she was gone a lot and Jack was quoted as a child saying what kind of mother would leave her kids behind. That's true if I remember correctly. Also um, obviously like you said the dinner table they have the whole conversation about how Jackie was brushing up on news clippings and stuff before and Lim sat down and got embarrassed at the table because he didn't know an answer or whatever. That's also as we know very true. So they did a really good job in pulling um, accuracies in that way Louis Bayard did.
2: And, and I'll just follow up on that and say what I really loved about that is, you know, as a historian, what we do is we look at those archival clippings or those newspaper clippings like Jackie did, but we may look at them 50 years later, 150 years later, and that's our archival evidence. And of course, um, you know, in documents and and films and photographs and diaries, all those things. But they aren't going to answer all our questions. And so when you're writing, you do need to have an imagination about how maybe one event is tied to another event and really get a sense of, you know, give the reader a sense also of setting the scene. And so while I, I think what I was surprised by was that while it is fiction, it is based on using those quotes that we know are accurate, you know, even from their own interviews, where it comes from their own mouths, and yet you have to have an imagination. So, you know, if it can be true that Rose Kennedy told, you know, a little Jack Kennedy, or that a little Jack Kennedy would say, "What kind of mother leaves their kids behind like that?" Then it can be true that perhaps she would use uh, the silent treatment on them. You know, it's that way that like nothing he whatever he writes isn't that far afield from what we know. So we kind of accept it because as a reader, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, you have to build a relationship with the reader. The reader has to trust you. She, they can't, even in fiction, you can't just go and write something that isn't fitting with somebody that is either a public figure or fitting with their behavior, even as a character from everything you've seen in the novel. It has to make sense. And the way that Louis Bayard writes this novel, it makes sense.
1: I completely agree. Let's talk about how he developed the character, but really, again, very accurate, um, of Jackie as Jackie Bouvier versus her becoming Jackie Kennedy than Jackie O, like the young Jackie Bouvier. What did you think about her personality within the book? Did you did you seem to find it true and real? What did you think?
2: That was one of my favorite parts. Um, you know, we're so used to thinking of Jackie Kennedy than Jackie O, but not Jackie Bouvier, and when we do. The things that I know as a non-expert um, are the internship that she got at Vogue, uh, where you know she gets to to be um, an, an intern at Vogue, and she's supposed to travel. She does give it up, but this is the same internship that the writer Joan Didion, who's from California and who recently passed, and if you love you know fiction in California, like you're going to love Joan Didion, and, and she's written all kinds of books since. Um, about grieving the loss of her husband, the loss of her daughter. And so like, this is a, a a storied, coveted internship. And to think that Jackie had it, we knew that she was a working woman, but it's very different to have Lem talk about what that meant, like, went up and down the city streets in her heels, lugging her camera, having to talk to people when, you know, she was a little bit shy, all these kinds of things. I, I really appreciated it. And that we don't think of Jackie as a as a rebel in any way. And yet he wants to paint her that way with little things like maybe she was smoking, um, the that she resented her mother for trying for her mother trying to marry her off. And so that you actually then see her marriage to Jack Kennedy as a choice. And, and I thought that was interesting, right? Because in a way, you have this sense of, oh, it's the Kennedys, who wouldn't want to marry them? Look at them, Um, and you know they write the scene, their marriage scenes that way, their wedding scenes that way. It's almost like you know, it's it's this. um, Of course, we have to film them. Of course, we have to photograph them. And then, of course, later with the Camelot, that she herself helps create this. And yet, you see that you know, at a different time, she may have chosen something differently. And we see that she does years later when she becomes an editor and and the jobs that she gets. So I really enjoyed that. What did you think?
1: I did too. It was hard for me at first, as far as her personality came off in the book, almost as being, um, what's a good word for it. I don't know. Self-conscious in a way in her relationship with Jack, how that was developing. She'd be like, well, well, what has he said about me? Did he say anything? And she's like worried about what if he doesn't want me like this? What if you, at first I was like, Jackie would never be that way. And I was like, wait, hold up. She's 20, what, two or to 23 She probably was that way. That's not far-fetched. Kind of like you said earlier, like imagining that something could happen, especially her confiding in one of her closest friends who in this book is Lim about how she's feeling in her relationship, whether she's insecure in it or trying to find security in it. And I love to also how over time, her um, inquiring camera girl questions kind of changed how at first it was like a random whatever. And then suddenly they would frame to her life, like revolving around relationships or almost seeking answers in some way. And so, so I, over time, I really had to really remember, okay, this is historical fiction. This is really not far-fetched for her age, for that, a, a person of that age in this position. And I just really, really loved seeing this side of her and kind of more of a young woman versus the first lady we know and love yeah
2: absolutely um that part didn't bother me because that was when I put my historian's hat on and so one like you said she's young two Jack is 16 years older than her so right so it is kind of like she's not operating with all the other like (laughs) the way that she's going to operate with the boys that she's dating like and we see one of those guys at the beginning where she's like you meet me here and she's clearly the one in charge she's not going to be
1: another
2: 22 year old but here comes this and he's not just 16 years older he's this self-centered 16 (laughs) 16 years older guy um the other the historian hat that I put on was this was what women were taught at this time was their value was in being desired. And so she really was like, is he desiring me? So she's not even asking herself, am I desiring him? To which the authors are, you know, kind of argument is no, she's not always desiring him sometimes. Yes. But she also has options. You know, there's this guy that she met while she was in Paris. And so you know, it's the way that women are taught to be the object of desire, not the ones who get to be desire. And while he shows us these kinds of insecurities about her, what I really liked is that he also shows us that she's smart—not just smart, like she's well educated or book smart or even street smart—but that she has a crit- she's a critical thinker, and that she's calculating, not in a not in a negative sense but in a way that she can piece things together and so one of those examples is when lem is trying to break it to her which he never quite does that jack will likely cheat on her he starts with an 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 analogy and right away she just goes all right who's this analogy about who's the one in the water who's the one headed towards danger who's the one this what's the scenario and so there's a lot of things that while she may be insecure Uh, which is fitting for a woman of her age in that kind of relationship during this time period. She's still um, someone that we can see growing into a first lady who is very calculating and intentional is probably the better word, intentional about how she wants to portray the first family.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. So well written in that way. Let's talk a little bit about the relationship that develops between she and Lim. Because I know from obviously studying the Kennedys that he really was a huge part of their family. And a huge part of Jackie's life as well. Because obviously he was a huge part of Jack's life. But it was interesting for me to see this early look at it. Just because I've I've only studied kind of White House year. I mean, I've studied it all, but as far as seeing Lim pop up, it's mostly, if it's with Jackie, it's in the White House years, if that makes sense. So um, I thought this was really, really interesting. And I loved the kind of battle that Lim had of figuring out he's got these two people that he loves and adores so much, but there's different needs on either side. And how is he to take care of both of them when these needs are so vastly different and about each other. What did you think about that? What did you think about the writing of this and um, Lem's character in the book in general?
2: Well, I was curious about, at first I was curious about choosing Lem because he seems like such an outsider that it's almost like he's um, he's narrated. It's almost like the story is being narrated in the third person. He's almost not a part of the story. He really doesn't even come in till chapter nine. I mean, he. He's, he meets Jackie early on in the novel, but then we focus so much on Jackie um, that Lem doesn't really come back in until she starts seeing Jack. And that's, that's like chapter eight or nine. And so at first I was like, huh, I wonder how useful of a tool this is. And then, as I mentioned before, you realize, oh, he's an outsider. She's an outsider. He needs to translate this culture to her. And that makes sense. Um, I also really like that he's the one that I think, I think it's easy again, to kind of step back and say, oh, their relationship was good or bad, or should she, did she know about his extramarital affairs? Should she have put up with them? That kind of thing. And the way that he's able to mediate between them, he's able to were able to understand that if she did know and you know and knew or er, like and knew early on even before they were married that it was presented or you know kind of um unfolded in a way that you could see was pal- palatable to even an intelligent confident woman uh, and then also you know why she stayed why she was silent all those kinds of things right because you know we're not just talking about when Jack Kennedy was, was alive. We're talking even decades later that nothing has ever come out in that way. So I, I, I thought the character does a lot of really interesting work um, in that way. And then it's just also kind of fun to, to think about, you know, Jack Kennedy as in boarding school. How did he develop the way he did? Why is he that way? Um, What is his relationship to his family? And let, let me kind of like an interpreter for us.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, he really is in this story. And and one of the things I really loved, and I even marked in my book to read, and I don't want to give too much away just in case someone hasn't read yet, but I mean, we kind of are. That's kind of what we're doing anyway. There's a line at the end of chapter 35 where he says, in defending Jackie, I lost him and that in defending Jack, I lost her and that I'm still not clear what that leaves me with. So it's almost like he, he was so had such a hard time taking care of both at the same time that there's this interesting moment towards the end of the book where he's kind of not severed relationships, but not nearly as close with either one as he once was. And I don't know if, I don't believe that's necessarily factual in real life, but I think in the book, this was a really relatable, interesting and beautiful ending to the story in a hard way that he, he tried to protect both and couldn't win in the end relationally.
2: I think that while we, we, there's no way to know what that means historically. What I like about the book too is uh, what I like about the author is that he clearly understands human nature. Mm -hmm. And there's just no way if there's a couple and they have a confidant and that confidant knows that someone is cheating and, you know, you have to pick a side eventually and so it's not even just the cheating, but it is kind of the the hateful behavior, going back to your <laughs> words, that Jack employs throughout their marriage. Um, and so, you know, at a certain point, that relationship will change, our relationships change. And right. that gets at, at not just history, but human nature. And I appreciated that. And I knew that was the line that you were gonna say, cause it's such a haunting line.
1: It really is. And it just, it makes sense. I even think to different different relationships within my own life, whether they be, you know, childhood ones or one later, that that truly does happen. You He kind of saw in this book, not saying that this relates to anything that's happened with me, but I'm just saying in general, even though Jack was his boyhood best friend, he realizes in the end that Jackie, who he's come to know so well, deserves... A better treatment and knows that. And kind of, it's just a tortured internal dialogue of trying to figure out okay, do I give her what she deserves or I, do I take care of this person who's taken care of me for so long?
2: Yeah. I mean, the other thing is Louis Bayard is just such a beautiful writer. I mean, his vocabulary is incredible. Um, he's able to really paint a picture. The other line that I really liked, and again, it shows us, well, the line that I really liked is when Jackie is, he he says something like, I stared down uh, the Schrodinger's box of Jackie's life, and that's referring to this experiment I had to look this up and I still don't fully get it because it's very, (laughs) it's very meta, very physical. I looked it up too. (laughs) There's, there's, and I know this phrase, but I still, every time I hear it, have to look it up where there's a a cat in a box. They're doing this experiment and there's all these little variables where the cat could die. And it's like, as long as you don't open the box, the cat is alive. It's what you know. And so it's kind of like the path, the path not taken, right? The road not taken, but he uses this analogy of the Schrodinger's box that, you know, there was somebody else that Jackie could have ended up with, and I won't give away more, but when Jackie's discussing it with Lem, she says, Jack needs a wife. The other person that she's, um, you know, uh, met in Paris, he needs me. And that is, again, you know, we don't know. How she felt about that but we know that's such human nature in terms of how people evaluate relationships and in, in terms of i would say almost how women do right because and um, this at least women in this period of once again we see jackie's not thinking what do i need i need this i want this instead she's like who will desire me who will make me feel loved because they love me And so that's another way in which he's he's letting us know that she entered into this relationship um, as a choice, but that, again, she's kind of swimming in the cultural norms of the time that said that never really gave her not being a wife as an option and not really asking herself first and foremost, what do you want when you decide you want to be in a relationship or stay in a relationship?
1: Yeah. His writing was beautiful in that way. I really, I just love this book. I really, really did. It's so complex in interesting ways. And it's fun for me as a Kennedy fan or enthusiast or whatever I am. um, It's really fun for me to see these characters that are real people, but written out in different ways and to expand my mind a little bit and have fun with with reading about them in a different way and giving almost like a narrative, whether it be true or not, to a backstory that I've never had a narrative to. So it's it's fun. It really is. So yeah, I I really truly enjoyed this one. I
2: love that way of thinking about it, giving me a narrative to something I didn't have a narrative to. And again, that goes back to, you know, as historians, we can't give you that narrative because we can't we can imagine you know, we can look up the weather that day and tell you on a balmy Sunday afternoon in Palm Beach, you know, but we can't then make things out of up out of whole cloth. Even if we know these are the personality traits of people, even if we know a certain outcome, um, we can't make it up out of whole cloth because, you know, we'd be run out of the business. But here they can string things together. And it is different than. I would say that he uses enough historical facts that it's not made out of whole cloth. And here I would compare it to um, one of my favorite authors, Kurt Curtis Sittenfeld. Uh, she wrote a book called Rodham. And this is based on Hillary Rodham Clinton's life. This is not a lo- novel like Jackie and Me, where she you're kind of doing this uh, history based on facts and it parts could be true, not true, this is one that's really an alternative history, one in which Hillary Rodham never marries Bill Clinton, and this was published a couple years ago. And so, in it, she gets to um, be the one that pursues her own political career. And early on in the novel, because I, I don't think I've read her autobiography, but I've read his, um, and I've read the the book "Big Girls Don't Cry," which was on the 2012 election. That one. We get, you know, so I have a good sense of her and her political life and kind of the political train and of Bill Clinton. And so, in the early on in their relationship, you could see kind of what we see in, in Jackie and me like, oh, I could see this happening. But then it veers into this whole thing, different thing uh, where she, you know, doesn't get married. It's really interesting. Um, they're both great ways to tell the story, but an alternative history is you really have to kind of let go um even more so than in this book
1: yeah that would be like a completely just different reality which that's that's a really neat exploration too and it, it just in a person and a character in general as well um because the thing is at the end of the day
2: maybe it's something you'll explore one day allison i
1: don't know now. i'm sitting here thinking because it's really interesting because each of us really does have an a different path. Like, just like you said, two roads diverge. You choose one, whether it be, in your relationships, whether it be in careers, whether it be in anything, where you live, anything that could completely change the trajectory of a person's entire life and their own legacy and history and everything. So it is an interesting exploration to see someone who exists, but in a completely different way. And I think that's what makes it so fun when you really, especially when you're like you, a historian or me who studies so deeply in, in this, this subject, it's fun to imagine a different realm and to get out of the history books for five minutes and read something that's a little more like a fantasy you know
2: oh absolutely and I have to of course now that we've talked about it a little bit I have to put in a plug for for the 1998 movie many of your listeners probably don't even know it the sliding doors one which is very much about that kind of alternative reality that hinges whether or not um you know somebody a woman catches a train stars like Gwyneth Patra and stuff it's a fun one
1: I haven't seen that so now I have to watch it for sure. That's that's tonight's watch. <laughs> There's no Plus doubt. It's
2: easier to say than Schrodinger's cat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. When I looked it up, I literally had to like read five different things to try to understand. And finally, I was like, oh, okay. It clicked after a while. But I was <laughs> like, this cat and how is it alive and how is it dead all at once? <laughs> everyone everyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, go look it up and that will make sense a little bit if you can understand it. But anyway, this has been so much fun. And we're also going to do a uh, Instagram live in a few weeks. We'll have to get it on the calendar. Um, for anybody that hasn't received their book yet, I've gotten a few messages like that or people that haven't finished it at the time of this episode. Um, Go ahead and finish it And within the next few weeks We'll get on live And take everyone's questions live And chat about Just different topics That are given within the the chat there. So make sure that you stay tuned and follow me on Instagram for that so that you'll get updates of when we go live. Um, Natalia, do you want to talk about your book real quick? And I'll put a link to order it as well. Because last time you were on, it wasn't out yet. So now it's out. So,
2: Oh, thanks. Yeah, just, um, you know, I'm sure people are like, why is Natalia talking to Allison on on this podcast? So Allison and I got to know each other because um, I wrote a book called A Place at the Nayarit, How a Mexican Restaurant Nourished a Community. And I was listening to Allison's podcast, and there were so many times where I think, oh, the Latino community had a connection with that. Oh, actually, um, many Mexicans at this time had a picture of um, JFK in their kitchen, in their living room. And so our first podcast that we did together was really making those connections. And even in the book that I wrote, there are Kennedy connections uh, with my own family of when they came to California, um, and it just got, got me on my own little Kennedy path, but almost kind of a, a Schrodinger's cat <laughs> a <laughs> path, sliding doors path. So I look at the Kennedys in Mexico. Um, it was his first trip abroad. I look at uh, Jackie speaking Spanish, uh, trying to court the Hispanic vote. So those kinds of things. So it's been really fun to kind of bring our, our sliding doors worlds together, Allison. And I appreciate being in conversation with you
1: absolutely i love it so much and we i want you to come back again to talk about more topics that align with the kennedys and your line of study so that it's going to be so much fun we will definitely be hearing from you again if you are up for coming back
2: oh as you know uh when we posted that episode tons of people posted on my twitter um you can find me at prof underscore natalia m on twitter and instagram tons of people posted oh did you know this connection or have you seen this artwork? Or, you know, just stories about, you know, Bobby Kennedy when um, being assassinated in California and then the, the mourners who lined up along the roads uh, to respect his body, his casket as it came by, including in East Los Angeles with, with the majority Latino community. So many connections that once you start talking, they just keep bubbling up.
1: Absolutely. We, we always will have things to cover, which I just love so much. There's always, always more. And there I'm telling you, that's something I always say. People ask me, are you about to run out of topics? I'm like, I will never run out of topics. There is so much to explore and little side doors, even off of the Kennedy's history that there's just infinite amounts of that. So I will put a direct link to your book and Instagram and Twitter for people to follow you as well. And we will give you guys an update on when we're going to go live Thank you so much for joining me today.
2: So much fun. And I can't wait for the spoiler alert version
1: on Instagram live. Absolutely. It'll be so much fun. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And I will talk to you next week.
0: Come on and vote for Kennedy. Vote for Kennedy. Keep America strong.